welcome to episode 23 of My Movie Minute, the podcast in which myself, Charlie, and co-host Mark talk about just one minute from the movies that meant the most to us. This is the penultimate episode of series three. We'll be back next week with our final episode. And then after that, we will have our traditional ranking episode where we rank all eight movie minutes from the series. We hope you enjoyed episode 23 of my movie minute. What about you, bruh? What about me? Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Who are you? Are we enemies? Why am I on this wall? Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Mostly come at night. Mostly. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of My Movie Minute, the podcast where Charlie and I talk about minutes of movies that are meaningful to us. That's about right, isn't it? It's all there in the title. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a movie, it's a minute, and it's us. Uh, We also... uh, kind of sum up uh, every time we finish a series we sum up by ranking and talking about which ones of that series are the most minute minute yeah <laughs> well yeah let's see how what let's see what the uh the ranking criteria will be this time but we're going to record that episode next week aren't exactly. we so we've it's still got, we've still got some to, we've still got some to do just to fill out the series we've had some great ones this this uh this time though so it's going to be very very difficult to rank them unless it's in something easy like duration <laughs> <laughs> which it won't be <laughs> I, I don't think it will this week we're going to be talking about one of charlie's minutes but before that charlie do we have any uh, content i have content <laughs> i have i have lists with me we've uh, we've spoken before about how much i like lists i have three lists that i'll get through at some point during this uh, podcast i yeah. no doubt um the first two uh we'll deal with before i read out my movie minute and then the last one let's do at the end because uh, it relates to our, my movie minute um basically two two episodes ago listeners will know that we had a bit of a chat about sandra bullock yes uh, we yes, also we had did. a chat about my um athons that i've been doing during lockdown yes and that included a Dwayne Johnson a thon. Um, <laughs> and I basically threw up on Instagram what would a Sandra Bullock a thon be, or what would the perfect Sandra Bullock a thon be like? Yes. This, is, this is me genuinely intending on doing a Sandra Bullock a thon. Um, so the first list. Uh, before, you, before you. I appreciate that, Charlie. You're welcome. Like, you know, you know, she means a lot to me. Indeed. And I. I feel valued and heard that you're taking that on board and well, adding her to your list. Actually, people who follow us on Instagram responded. We had quite a lot. I think it's one of our most popular <laughs> posts in terms of people actually responding. That's because everyone that listens to this <laughs> podcast is excellent and has super taste in actresses. Fantastic. Well, I, I, I look back at my Dwayne Johnson-a-thon and just very quickly, I'm going to tell you what my Dwayne Johnson-a-thon looked like. Cause it you was... could have called it a rock-a-thon so many times, <laughs> but you've mangled Dwayne Johnson-a-thon. <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. Um, seven movies, I realised, was on my Dwayne Johnson-a-thon. So I'm going to use that as my arbitrary <laughs> number for my Sandra Bullock-a-thon as okay. well. And the movies were Jumanji, Jumanji The Next Level, Skyscraper, San Andreas, Rampage, Moana, best on the list, Fighting with my family, second best on the list. Okay, so that was what they looked like. So what I would like you to do is I would like you, with our listeners' help, to put together a Sandra Bullockathon that okay. rivals that. Now I have fifteen suggestions here from our listeners slash followers on Instagram. Yes. 
I've locked in two of them already. Yeah. Because I'm re-watching Speed and I'm re-watching Gravity. Great. So that's two out of the seven done. I'm crossing off for you 28 days. Only because... Was it, it, was it, it was part of your... Hugh Grantathon. Hugh Grantathon. <laughs> there you go. There are the others. You may want to read, read them out uh, for listeners, or you may just want to choose your five and tell me which, which other five should be on my seven-day Sandra Bullockathon. Okay. I believe it's called The Heat, not Heat, isn't it? Okay. Because Heat, heat. is a... She's definitely not in uh, <laughs> the Robert De Niro, okay. Al Pacino crime I thriller. I can't remember if someone wrote The Heat on, on, on Instagram or not, but I've written it down on the list as just Heat. So I think it's important. Speed and Gravity, absolute, absolute winners. Yeah. I think that because it might change your opinions... I think The Blind Side is a really great watch. Okay. Like, it's some quality acting. It's not what you'd expect. Okay. Um, Demolition Man is a must for me. Okay. And I, I rewatched it quite recently, and it's super fun. And, like, surprisingly, I've been, I'm have i warming back to Wesley Snipes in a way that uh, uh, I wasn't expecting. Um, I adore The Proposal. Okay. Like it's it's classic Sandra Bullock rom comness. It's also Ryan Reynolds who's up there on my kind of man crushes. Okay. Like he's 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 funny in it. A time to kill. Okay, that's on the list. There's only you've only got one left, so you better choose why. I only need one. It's gotta be Miss Congeniality. <laughs> Miss Congeniality is close to a perfect film. Wonderful. Okay. If you want to see, listeners, the full list of 15 that were suggested, then look under the comments under Oh, my no. I've just noticed while you were sleeping's on there, and I really enjoyed that as well. And, and the heat is really good fun. Uh, I, do like, I do like a dramatic Sandra Bullock, though. Ah, no, I think you might have to do two. You might have to do a drama night and you a comedy night. You've got to find your seven. Oh. <laughs> too hard. It's too, too many to say. It's like picking which one of the dwarfs I'm going to push off a cliff. Pushing. <laughs> you know, I did think you, uh, you, you tackled that sleepy. very quickly. <laughs> I did think you tackled that very quickly. But, um, you know, there we go. Well, if you did want to know what all 15 were, look underneath the comments on uh, at my Sandra Bullock post uh, that, li- that listeners and kind of followers responded to there are some that are not on that list that i've seen so i've obviously not picked the best sandra bullocks in my life but i will i will do my seven you went straight to miss congeniality too (laughs) oops uh there was there was one listener uh who said um whatever you do never speed to never ever speed to i i really love that that for all the content that you're bringing charlie uh, it's Sandra Bullock that really lights a fire under our listeners. Yeah, well, there we go. We know our crowd. And it's a blind spot for me. Like, I think I, I looked at her filmography and I think I probably only had about five movies of hers that I'd seen, even though she's been in a lot. So she's been in a lot. It's time, it's time I, I buckled quality. down. But I haven't chosen a Sandra Bullock movie this week. Boo. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So as, as expected and uh, as is our style now, uh, Charlie's going to give us a description of the minute. Uh, without any giveaways. A police officer removes a pair of handcuffs and approaches a woman who has her hands behind her head, facing the wall. As the police officer approaches, the woman senses he is close and quickly spins round. In two quick moves, she breaks his arm and his nose. She jumps up, arms raised and ready to kick. For a brief moment, she's suspended in mid-air, 
before her kick lands, sending the policeman flying across the room. Kicking a chair as a distraction, the woman then avoids gunfire from the remaining two policemen by running horizontally along the wall, landing behind the second police officer and then in using his gun to shoot the third. With her back to the last remaining police officer, a swift high kick over her own shoulder to the police officer's face leaves all three police officers either dead or unconscious and her alone in the room again. Excellent. Excellent. I think that up to a certain point there was a there was a chance that could go into a different a different movie, but I think there's quite there's a there's a real giveaway moment in that, isn't there? <laughs> would it be the horizontal running along the wall? I, would I would, the... no, I was in it before it was the the, the suspended in midair. <laughs> I would I was I was expecting Tarantino. Oh okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I yeah. was expecting some 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 killage and billage. Well I almost started because cause there's a line that you won't hear in the clip that happens a couple of seconds before and I almost started it a couple of seconds earlier so that I could and then the description would have started with a a man in uh sunglasses wearing a suit which could have been men in black but it isn't <laughs> it is uh, it's of course it is it's the matrix and 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 once again confirming your theory mark that like there's a lot of good movies from 1999 and 2000 oh we lived through the golden age charlie in Indeed, indeed. Uh, and specifically, uh, do you want to tell us whereabouts in the film that part comes? I mean, for a series where we've concentrated almost exclusively on endings, we've gone right back to the <laughs> beginning of a film. It's not quite the opening sequence, but it is uh, part of the kind of opening uh, section of The Matrix. It is the introduction of the character of Trinity. It is the introduction of, um, well, from a world building perspective, a whole new set of physical laws yeah. that what we're we will be what we will understand is bullet time yeah well yeah and, and and like like you say bullet time it's our introduction to bullet time it's our introduction to a sort of filmmaking technique so i feel like this is a triple introduction really mm. this this scene it's it's uh it's also the moment and you said this actually uh it's the moment in the film where you go oh this is not the film I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a film that if you were our age when you saw it and didn't have like all the mega hype that, that happens now before you see a film, you were like, I've never seen this before. This is something new. Completely. Like, and nowadays, you're probably, exp you know, you, you, you will have seen a, a, a billion YouTube clips of Hong Kong action movies and, and stuff that's done wire work with uh, martial arts and, mm. you know it's really, really prevalent or really, really accessible. I remember walking into the cinema for this one, having uh, no idea really what The Matrix was. Mm. And it like, and the universe cracking open a little bit wider from, <laughs> from that point onwards. Yeah. Well, I, well I, I had a slightly different experience seeing it. So I had it kind of hyped to me verbally by a friend of mine. I was really, uh, well, I'm really good friends with a, with a guy called Steve. Hello, Steve. Um, uh, and, and I was at sixth form and I remember him coming in one day. And like, I know this seems hard to believe now. But like, hadn't seen a poster, hadn't seen a trailer. Like, this was a film that I'd not even heard of, and it was out at the cinema. Came in, and 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 
Steve was so animated and so into like just explaining to us how mind-blowing this film he had seen but like you can't do it justice verbally and and he wasn't talking about bullet time he was actually talking about conceptually yeah. and i and and he and he talked about it every break time every lunch time and then i remember seeing it pretty soon after that and he was like really really hyping it up up for me but he was just obsessed with like the um the the idea that the the sort of philosophical yeah, idea this weird version of philosophical science fiction absolutely like he was kind of saying i came out of the cinema and i stood there and i was looking around and i didn't know what was real anymore and like <laughs> and like it was that and, and and i remember just being so excited to just, see that just for the audience i was not quite that far down the <laughs> rabbit hole um but yeah and then and then sitting in the cinema like i say not having had any of the the hype and then just that happens mm. you get the fir this first shot of bullet time you get this the first kind of introduction to and i'll talk a bit more about trinity later but um yeah like i say like i say you're, you're introduced to to a filmmaking process which is cool and you're introduced to a world building concept which is equally cool yeah in that one moment and it is it feels like it's less than a second when a camera spins around a woman who's suspended in midair just before she kicks him in the face it's like Oh. Yeah, it was. I remember being absolutely <laughs> gobsmacked by it. Yeah, um, and also there's a, you know, there's an aesthetic that I, as a person who'd gone to see cinema, I'd never seen anything that kind of. It's weird that they've put this massive filter on all palettes, mm. so that we're limited to black and green. Yeah, and everyone looking just absurdly cool yes like i mean nowadays everyone looks like a school shooter but <laughs> well yeah in retrospect yeah yeah but 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 that was the first time like like honestly and i not i, I don't want to kind of overstate this but like nerds are cool because the mcu like shows that cool kids still anyone can talk, wear the suit yeah talk, talk about cool kids talk about marvel films like that's yeah. the thing but this was the first film like i remember seeing as a massive nerd at school where like it was the computer hackers that were cool. It was the nerds who were saving the world. It was it was like philosophical. It was scientific. It felt scientific. It was it was, and it was nerdy. Yeah. And yet you you got to wear sunglasses and and walk around doing kung fu. Yeah, in a leather duster. <laughs> yeah, I I imagine that people might experience Nolan in a similar way. Yeah. Uh, and his big films, like Inception, I can imagine people experiencing that. Yeah. In a in a in a similar way to me experiencing the Matrix. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't because despite Inception not being built around existing kind of material, mm. there were so many little kind of nuggets out there already yeah, and mythology around it that I felt like, I, I, like I'd seen the, the street explosion scene on the internet already. Yeah. And with The Matrix, I went in completely cold. Yeah. And what's brilliant is I went with a girl who had just cut her hair extremely short and hated it and walked out of that film feeling such a don. <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah, you would. Um, I'm so glad you brought up Nolan because because Matrix was my, my way into Nolan because uh, Matrix came out in 1999 and then Memento came out in 2000. So great. And obviously, like, I was kind of searching for, um, you know, reasons to see kind of carry on moss again because she for us had come out of nowhere as well yeah like who is this person yeah as an actor i'd i'd consider myself watched a lot of films yeah never never noticed carry on moss in anything exactly and, and and then suddenly she's like just someone who um 
became like you know just badass awesome cool in every way shape or form um and then and then you know then then you see sort of the adverts from memento coming up she's on the on the cover of that and then so that was that was my way into nolan it's weird to think now that nolan was kind of making strange indie kind of low budget films that that like if you came out the matrix you'd be like what's next and you'd end up with memento because now i feel like you say inception feels to me so 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 much kind of like linked in terms of its its hereditary to matrix and not just because of a lot of people watch matrix and then watch memento i'm assuming because that's what i did but but because like the whole concept of otherworldliness yeah. now is, is 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 tied into it. Yeah, the the anything can happen, mm. uh, and in particular, anything can happen in physics. Yeah, uh, the the we're going to break the rules a bit, yeah. uh, or yeah. we're gonna we're gonna define our own rules. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, and then just stagger you and with then them. stick. Yeah, yeah, and then stick to them. Yeah, I, I mean, I've talked before, and 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 it was on our Children of Men episode. I talked about like for me, world building is. Is what is something that I really admire, yeah. And I really admire well building that kind of that 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 like you do, what you just said creates a set of laws and then sticks to them, or set, creates a set of rules and sticks to them. And and for me, like Children of Men was a great example of building a world and then seeing what a story within that world where that would take you. Yeah, Matrix is a, a great example of to an extent. And and the only time this is sort of broken, I think, is right at the end and then moving into the sequels. I feel that they play around with it too much. Yeah. But right at the end, like the laws that they create and they explain, not only do they explain them in such a fun way, yeah. um, but they, um, they, 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 you never feel like they step outside of it. No, and that's, that's, that's why I love The Matrix as a standalone movie. Yeah. Is because Neo stopping the bullets yeah. is the peak. Yeah. Like it's the peak of that set of rules that yeah. mythology yeah as soon as you go beyond that it became it became about tricks and i and i didn't i didn't quite follow i liked that like they it was heavy-handed yeah. in its imagery uh in its in its kind of really obvious symbolisms yeah and and that kind of defying death moment or resurrection moment at the end mm. that's the end of the story yeah and then you had two movies afterwards. yeah and also like uh, but like like and I'll, I'll stand by this the the most in- interesting and engaging and exciting bit of of both the sequels is the first minute of of matrix reloaded i think which was the second one or matrix no matrix reloaded was the second mm. one uh trinity appears on a motorbike the motorbike launches yeah. she backflips off of it and you don't they don't do bullet time at that stage you just see this backflip this like beautifully choreographed landing and a motorbike exploding and at that point i'm like yes the sequel's gonna be awesome and then it just goes downhill from there yeah. like and so and so and so you know they they, they had the the, the the sense to start with trinity again yeah they didn't have the sense to kind of stick within like the confines of the Matrix and what they built up in that first one, which is such a shame because it could have been our Star Wars, it yeah. could have been our generation's Star Wars, but it wasn't. A little too, yeah, and a little, too, a little too much kind of underground, underground hippie rave. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you've talked about it a little bit. You went to s- describe how describe how you met this moment mm. uh, in a little bit more detail. 
So you went to see it in the cinema? Yeah, and I, do you know what? I can't even remember who I went with. Uh, I have, I, do, I don't know if I maybe went with Steve and he rewatched it with me, or, or went with friends, or went with family. I don't think I was going with family, but I, it's not, it's not one where I kind of have this ingrained memory of going to see it in the same way that I do other films. What I definitely remember. And this comes back to a theme that we've been talking about quite a bit this series mm. is I definitely remember it being like not only one of the first DVDs I got, but one of the reasons why I bought a DVD. Player. Oh, yeah. Like like the I, extra features, the the universe created around it. I'm pretty mm. sure we've talked about the Animatrix as a yeah, as a piece of canon that you enjoy. I love. Yeah, I love the Animatrix um, and I love the computer game Enter the Matrix as well. And there was a. The triangulation there, where they kind of they all fitted together, but um, but yeah, I I I think that a lot of early DVD players were sold on the basis of the Matrix coming out on DVD yeah. because the the DVD of the Matrix was marketed on on what how like the rabbit hole. Like, yeah, you, you, it was follow the white rabbit. So they had this uh, this feature which for me was mind blowing. Now we just take for granted where at any point in the film, if there was a little white rabbit, you could press a button on your remote and you'd get the behind the scenes but you get it during the movie so you'd be yeah. flicking between facts and, and like i say that sounds standard now yeah but then it was the first time that had happened and 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 like i said I, I think i mentioned before my first dvd player was on my pc up in my room it wasn't like a, a dvd player that you plugged into your tv and I, I definitely bought that on the basis that I wanted to see The Matrix again on DVD. Yeah, <laughs> I was the same for Memento actually. Oh really? Because so you, could cause you got the you got the uh, the Easter egg of watching it chronologically. Yeah, I had Memento on DVD, and I never did that. I never watched the chronological version. I always felt it might take take something away, but you know, I've only ever seen it in its in its original form. <laughs> 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 um, the important question though is when you left the cinema after watching The Matrix. How long was it before you tried to run up a wall? <laughs> um, Seconds? Well, Steve had already tried <laughs> <laughs> at this stage, I think in front of me, um, or at least had told me that that's what he'd tried. I mean, yeah, you, 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 test, you start testing the boundary straight away. You start trying to figure out if, if, if you are in the matrix, looking for glitches. Looking... Fuck off! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and... Uh, and this is another thing, like, again, and, and, and I want to bring it back to how cool Trinity is. Like, Trinity gets all the cool stuff in this film, personally, mm. because she gets to run horizontally along the wall twice, once now and once, once in my minute and once in the lobby scene. She's the one that does that stuff. Yeah. Um, Morpheus and Neo, on reflection, they do some cool kind of kung fu stuff, but actually a lot of their stuff is kind of gun-related, you know, dodging bullets a lot of their bullet time is that but if you look at the actual wicked for me the wicked stuff which is the running up walls or being suspended in midair just before you kick someone that's all trinity so i have a minute from the matrix okay and it is actually it has its origins or a throwback to one of our earliest episodes go on then so when we did the point break episode yeah. and i said that that moment of Keanu Reeves jumping out of an airplane with no parachute yeah. was one of the only times I've had a like a like a proper visceral adrenaline leap. Yeah. The moment where Neo stands on the roof and wraps the 
cable around his arm. Oh yeah, like yeah. he's going to catch the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Was that moment for me? Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And that, so, so I love the lobby. I love all of the fights. I love the opening. The opening was a game changer. Yeah. But the moment that punched me in the gut in that film was that he is the one moment where as the helicopter's going down he just goes ah screw it mm. yeah. wraps it around his arm yeah oh wow that's in, that's a really interesting one maybe that's kind of wrapped up in a slightly longer relationship that you had with Keanu Reeves by that point than I had because <laughs> Keanu Reeves was, was, was like I've said I didn't I hadn't watched Point Break until we actually recorded the episode so I didn't have this history with Keanu Reeves he was he was uh uh, he was very Bill and Ted. I also me. just think it was a badass moment. Like yeah. it, it is that it is it is the reveal, yeah. or it's it's his threshold being crossed. Yes, uh, and and you get the the build up to that moment is so brilliant. Yeah. The the interrogation into the sprinklers, into uh, Lawrence Fishburne doing that face that he does when he like unrolls his eyes and he breaks out of the yeah 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 to the catch to like that whole thing and then you kind of start that exhalation yeah <laughs> and it's going down and then you get wound right back up again so so, so to maintain my trinity fanboyness here <laughs> like can you remind me because i can't quite remember what is trinity doing at this time is she so, doing something cool as well is she in the yeah, oh yeah no she's in the helicopter <laughs> but what she ends up doing is shooting the the connector of the cable mm. so that the helicopter falls and she swings into the building that's right yeah. and and it's another favorite thing so as she swings as as the 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 helicopter crashes or or she swings into the building that you get the wobble of the world yeah they warp the reality slightly so that she has a bit so more time so there's it? a ripple yeah and then you get the brilliant second tap yeah where you, from the inside of the room where you get like the the cracking glass that's and, right yeah and that's that is just, a good moment it's a really nice moment because i almost picked the lobby scene and you know this but listeners don't i almost picked the lobby scene and i actually went and re-watched the lobby scene and there wasn't as much like of the powerful kind of bullet time stuff like um yeah no so there's a hella swagger though yeah yeah it's all swagger in that stage i mean she does do some wicked wall running yeah like actually it's my favorite bit of wall running because it's just a couple of steps and then a backflip whereas obviously in the yeah. intro she she just runs around and the you room. get keanu reeves uh Cartwheel, pick up a gun, cartwheel, fire a gun, cartwheel. And also running up a person to kick them in the face. <laughs> this the film is so much fun and I'm so glad it holds up. Like I've yeah. watched it recently and it was such a relief that I wasn't watching old special effects. Well, do, you know what? do you know what? Like I, um, I was being a bit reflective when I chose this film to talk about because I was reflecting on this series mm. of, of my movie Minute. Um, and I, I realized that we've had some really intimate personal moments this series um, and we've kind of shifted. You some. and I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in terms of movies. Um, uh, but <laughs> uh, we haven't had any kind of of those game changing kind of big, iconic. And I think we've described them previously like gifable moments, yeah. you know, like the moments that contended the gift. The only time we came close to that was the ending of Fight Club. But at the same time, that is that was something that was again quite controversial we talked around it what we've had in previous i series, just really love how this whole series has been an analysis of charlie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know how that happened but i think all of our even our guests um have brought in kind of very intimate yeah. very small um moments erin brockovich we've we've had hal last week like they've all been intimate moments you look back at our last two series um dinosaur reveal was a bit of a game changer cinematically in terms of cgi in terms of everything yeah you know 
the Sunrise and the Lion King was a game changer in terms of animation. Um, we had the introduction of Hannibal Lecter. We've had the introduction the first time we hear the words Bond, James Bond. Yeah. We've had these kind of like, we have these moments that are important to us and then we have these moments that are important Put to cinema. Film, yeah. And so what I kind of came into this episode thinking is I want to bring in another important to cinema movement. Yeah. Um, and I just very quickly landed on The Matrix as like uh, first time we see bullet time, yeah. first time we see the world building, all that sort of stuff. Um which is where I was kind of going with the lobby sequence. But then I just remembered how cool Trinity is. Yeah. And that's why I just wanted, I wanted the first Trinity moment, which also happens to be the first of all the moments. It is, it is the, well, I've already said it. It's the gifable moment. It's the, it's the, here is the world. Here is how cool this film is going to be. Strap in what you're about to go on is, is one heck of a ride. God, just the, like, we could, we could do a very long series just picking minute by minute, slice the matrix in a minute, and we'll just talk about each one. Because I'd like literally, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about the moment he touches the mirror, yeah, and and that kind of liquid effect that goes into his mouth, and then just how messed up the real world experience yeah. with the pink goo, yeah, was uh, like. It was it was an unstoppable ride watching yeah. that film for the first time with zero knowledge. Well, and I and I, I must say, like for me, if I was to, so I've already said there's this moment, there's a lobby sequence. The one the one that I may have also picked if I had a third Matrix minute um, is is is, and it's a lot lot longer than a minute. Is is the Morpheus Neo kind of a r initial fight scene where he's in training? Oh, the 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 straight up. I know Kung Fu. Yeah, and it's, and it's kind of framed like a video game. Like I, when I see um, a Scott Pilgrim versus the world, yeah. like that reminds me of that scene from The Matrix because it's like, actually, we're just going to watch a video game for a bit. And a lot of Scott Pilgrim is like that. But yeah. they, go, they, they, they ramp it up in terms of Scott Pilgrim. But you could like, because they're talking about a simulation, you could imagine like a person controlling Morpheus, a person yeah. controlling Neo. And then that was the joy of kind of playing Enter the Matrix, watching Animatrix, which was animated. So as soon as you're in animation, you're thinking video games and things like that, you know. And like walked out of the place feeling like I might have the power to fly. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Bonkers. Yeah, yeah. I said I said at the beginning, so I have to do it. I have another list. Go on. Um, and and, and I... And I I'm I'm keen to read. If this it out. is if this is Charlie's Carrie Ann Moss list, I'm gonna call it and say no, we need to move. It's the opposite of that. It's a list that I believe Trinity should be on. Okay. Okay. So, um, at the time of recording, this uh, this month is Women's History Month, and something popped up on my Instagram feed yesterday, um, which was IMDb's top ten badass women of film and TV. Nice. Um, and I I looked at it. And I got Matrix on my mind because we were recording this today. I just thought this list needs to have Trinity on it. And I, and I want to know why she's not on it. Because I think that Trinity belongs on this list. I'm going to read the list out. Okay. I'm going to read out my response to the list. And you can tell me if you agree or disagree with my uh, hypothesis. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to make the assumption that, that Sandra Bullock isn't on it. And I'm afraid yet. not. Okay. And yet. So these two. Like the top two, I wouldn't consider this list valid without them. This would not be a valid badass women list of TV and film without these two people. Okay. Sarah Connor, Ellen Ripley. Nice. They belong on any badass women list. Some, these ones I don't necessarily disagree with. Two from Game of Thrones, Ariana Stark and Daenerys Targaryen. Um, very current, 
Wanda Maximoff slash Scarlet Witch. You know, obviously that's on lots of people's mind. Um, Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games. I don't disagree that she should be on that list. You'll like this one. And it was, it was, it was, uh, I was surprised by it. Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nice. Okay. Now the next two, I don't have a relationship with these shows. So I can't really comment. Um, so there's somebody called Lagertha from a show called Vikings and someone called Maeve Millet from Westworld. So don't, I don't know either of them. No, I don't know either of them. So if I was to it's... fill, if I was to fill those gaps, I think Kerry Russell's character from the Americans yeah. is a, a boost. Yeah, uh, is legendary, uh, and just because I've been watching the West Wing, rewatching the West Wing, yeah. uh, Alice and Janney's CJ Craig is is not punching anybody in the face, but she's <laughs> she's a boss. Okay, well, it brings us to our tenth one, and this is the one that I think I might replace with Trinity. Um, so Bellatrix Lestrange, which won't mean anything to you, but will mean a lot to a lot of Harry Potter fans. Yeah. She's played by Helen Bonham Carter. And, and, and in my Fight Club episode, I made my feelings about how awesome Helen Bonham Carter is. Yeah. Very, very clear. But it's not Hermione. It's not Ginny. It's not any of the kind of good characters that have got, ended up on this. And it was a poll. So these are, these are people voting. This is a, an evil character. Who, who 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 plays for the bad guys and gets defeated by the good guys. Spoiler. Mm. Um, can't say spoiler after you've done it. And like, I'm just like... Spoiled. Like, <laughs> Harry Potter is obviously very popular, but I think one of the things that it lacks, in a way, is Hermione really, really bringing it at the end, which would have made her badass. Yeah. Um, so I think I think Harry Potter really falls I think there is short. a massive, massive... It's not um, a franchise. Mm-hmm. But I think Helena Bonham Carter would get her ass kicked mm. by Charlize Tron in Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, absolutely. So that's another one that, that needs to go. So, but I mean, I guess my very, it's the simplest question I've ever asked you. Does Trinity belong on that list? Yeah, of course she does. Absolutely. Of course yeah. she does. <laughs> She's like one of, like, she'd be up there with Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley for me as just badass. But, and this is why I thought it'd be interesting to bring this. I think she's been badly served by, particularly badly served by the sequels. Oh yeah, she becomes she becomes the love interest, the love interest, essentially. And I think that without the Matrix sequels, Trinity... the Matrix is a, is a movie that I'm well interested in watching. <laughs> the Matrix... Is that the porno parody? <laughs> <laughs> without the Matrix sequels, like I think she would be on this list. I think she would still be seen as, and and that, that makes me sad a little bit, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so there you go, The Matrix. We could talk. We could talk about possibly. I could talk about The Matrix more than most movies. It's not my favorite movie. It's not the best movie ever. Mm. But I think I've had more and longer conversations about the first Matrix than yeah. I have about most movies. Yeah, it is one where like we could we could have almost done a double bill. Like we've already sort of talked about other moments and things like that. But um, but I also think that you can wrap yourself in knots talking about the Matrix. And actually, we haven't. Et- we haven't really gone to the depth that we often no. do with the minute. And I think part of that is because you can't, you can't have a short conversation about the matrix. No. Like, <laughs> like if you, if you, if you go down that rabbit hole, like you are going to be there for a few hours, like unraveling it on two levels, one on a philosophical level and on the other on the, oh, it was so cool. It was such a part of our youth, like that kind yeah. of level. Just remember this, remember that, remember that. And I just think like, there are documentaries about it now. I know there's been one recently that's kind of a bit like the the Shining documentary where it looks at kind of sort of fan theories yeah. and how 
it's looking at people kind of interpreting it as we are in the matrix and kind of then looking for for clues and glitches and things like that i think it's called the glitch in the matrix i'll have to confirm that it's also it's a movie where so many like i can't i can't work out whether it's referencing stuff or stuff is referencing it some yeah. of the time as well uh and i mean it like there are so many cultural references to the matrix that are enjoyable i think i mean Back space based is the is the one that the kind of at the time yeah. that makes you uh i i still test people with the um slow motion gunfight test from space just to see <laughs> just to see if they know what i'm talking about indeed yeah no there, there are there are so many nods towards it and i was trying to remember actually if they're just the whole like black suit sunglasses like what came first men in black or the matrix but even just that whole idea of i mean the secret agents have been around for a long, long time but just having like mysterious characters just turn up you know again in things like space yeah. and stuff like that and, and and disappear and just the magic the magic and mystery of like this hacker culture yeah that i, I remember watching uh, well literally this week i, I rewatched sneakers yeah uh, and it just feels so dated in its kind of handling of technology yeah that that the matrix felt so edgy <laughs> in its yeah. in its in its kind of hacker culture yeah. and the idea that people who had this nerd power also had real power was an interesting one for me yeah absolutely and 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 god this is gonna be a long episode guys buckle up because we're not done <laughs> and unbelievably quotable as well yeah i'm sorry your men are already dead like that comes just before yeah. the sequence like that's such a powerful first line and you don't know what's going on at that point so. oh yeah no it's absolutely loopy yeah guns lots of guns yeah uh i know kung fu yeah absolutely where you just become accepting of of, of vocabulary like uh I need a hard line. Like, <laughs> yes, they do. They do. Somebody find them a hard line. I well, think I know what that is. <laughs> well, the ultimate quotable Matrix line is, of course, uh, there is no spoon. We hope you enjoyed episode 23 of My Movie Minute. If you would like to join the chat, please follow us on at My Movie Minute on Instagram. And you can discuss your own favourite Sandra Bullock movies, your own favourite Dwayne Johnson movies, or indeed your own favourite moments or quotes from The Matrix. Daisy Steiner. Yeah. yeah? Would you come with us, please? Where are you going? Would you come with us, please? Uh, no, I'm all right here. Miss Steiner, I don't want to have to tell you again. I think you should go with them, Dace. I'm not going to go with them, Tim. I don't even know who they are. Miss Steiner. You are under suspicion of illegally bringing sensitive materials into the country. What? A kite? We have your partner in custody, Miss Steiner. Your partner? A Mr. Stephen Edwards. So, who, who is Stephen Edwards, Daisy? Who is Stephen Edwards? I met him at the airport. Oh, did you now? Miss Steiner. Do you mind? I'm trying to have a... Ow! <whistles> Say hello to my little friend. There is no spoon.